Pero realmente, Javier, pongámonos serios. Sí, sí. México no está para campeones. ¿Pero por qué no podemos ser Grecia en la Eurocopa? ¿Por qué no podemos ser Leicester de la Premier League? Ven el beneficio. Tu opinión no va a cambiar. Tú, tú, no, lo, que desees, Javier, lo que desees, David, sí. lo que quieras, Yo lo que opines, que lo que critiques, lo que te guste o no te guste, lo que quisieras que se quitara, lo que quisieras que se mantuviera, lo que, todo lo que quisieras que se hiciera, todo, 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 no está. ¿De qué hay? Esto, o sea, lo que hago. Ah, y esto. O sea, vamos a ir a la Copa del Mundo así como estamos. Vamos a sacarle el mayor provecho posible a pesar de todo eso. Estamos tratando exactamente. Nosotros, fíjate, con todo eso, con todo eso que hace falta que tú dices, con todo eso, eso vamos a intentar eso. No es más meritorio ni menos meritorio. No, no, que, se una, que una que hoy, Es que fíjate, es que es exactamente. No, eh, imaginémonos cosas chingonas, carajo. Imaginémonos, <risa> échele. Imaginémonos cosas chingonas, carajo. Imaginémonos, échele. Imaginémonos cosas chingonas, carajo. Imaginémonos, échele. O sea, ¿por qué? ¿Por qué no? O sea, lo que yo me refiero y es muy, es muy amplio y es muy simple y es cada quien y yo lo respeto y es. ¿Por qué no? Greetings, Grandstanders! Welcome to another fantastic edition of Grandstand. So today we're going to continue with the topic of the World Cup, or we should just call it the Euro Cup now. Fuck. It's like no more, uh, no more South American or North American teams. So today we're going to be talking about the Euro Cup. Um, we're going to be talking about... Uh, Why, why we we'll do some soul searching? Why Mexico can't seem to win uh, uh, and get into the quarterfinals? Talk a little bit about the shit talking media. Talk a little bit about um, uh, I don't know. Maybe we could talk about this damn heat wave that's enveloping the whole entire world. But before we do all that, let me uh, say hello to El Profe checking in from beautiful Manhattan. From from uh, is, it, is it Harlem technically? Washington Heights. Profe? Washington Heights, sorry. Uh, how you doing, Profe? Good, good, good. A um, little sad. A little sad that you know, the World Cup's just not the World Cup anymore. No, I think you sent me a text saying that you tune out after the round of 16. Yeah, yeah, pretty Yeah, that's, that's been my every, whole life. every World Cup I've ever gotten into. Yeah, because I'm usually through going through a period of mourning. I don't, I don't, I, I, I get to a place finally around this time where I can watch a soccer game again. Um, But before that, I'm just kind of sad and depressed. Um, so, yeah. Today we have a special crew. We got the ushers in the house. We have back on the field, back and in action, our political correspondent, this time checking in from Geneva, Dan, one time, una vez en Texas, Tex. How you doing, brother? <laughs> What's up, man? Thanks for having me back. Thanks for being back, dude. Yeah. How, how's everything over there? Is it hot over there, too? Yeah, man, I, it's uh, much like the rest of y'all. I'm probably, I'm also wearing as little bit of clothing as possible. Um, my uh, my flat doesn't have air conditioning either, so Shit. Just gotta, gotta work with it. Um, ah, it's all right though. It's a nice day out. Um, and I don't know what y'all are talking about, but this World Cup has been fucking awesome. Well, you would say that because you <laughs> have a positive disposition towards everything in life, so. But I want to hear all that uh, one time. Yeah. I checked out. 
after after Mexico lost. And then I don't know, you already heard him there in the background. Checking in from from uh, Cold Mountain or where where um from from a mountain up in Big Sur. He's probably like walking around trying to find a signal. So if you hear little pajaritos or birds flying above, it's because he's he's looking for a signal, all for our enjoyment. Nineteen oh four. I mean, sorry, Rafaga Palmer. How are you, Rafa? Good, good, really good. High as shit too. Are you wearing pants? Absolutely not. But you're not wearing shorts either. I'm just wearing boxers. There you My go. My kids are finally awake. Fabulous. <laughs> is Dan's like uh, Dan is like okay with this World Cup because he's in Geneva? Like he has to feel neutral or something? Like <laughs> he's just like this. You know, in a I suppose to a huge degree, uh, because I I am pretty neutral on, on most of the I mean, on most of the matches anyway. Yeah, I just. There's been some great football, like really enjoyable, really fun to watch. Um, and I mean, as as y'all know, my grandmother's uh, you know, she she started me out on an extremely cynical uh, outlook on Mexican football anyway from the very beginning. So you always have to just like keep your expectations low. And to be frank, like after we beat Germany, <laughs> I was like, shit, that's it. This, this World Cup's been a success. Whatever happens now, like. <laughs> Uh, we're good to go. So it's good for me, man. It's good for me. <laughs> expectations low. Yeah. Who has a socialist president now? Because their expectations were so low. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, what? quick, quick question on without having a team in the World Cup. I mean, what what is the mood there? Uh, I mean, I, well, Geneva is pretty unique in the sense that it's extremely international. So. Yesterday we went to watch the the England Sweden match. The fan zone was packed. Um, and ton, tons of English, tons of Swedes, tons of people just turning up to to watch a really fun fun show. Um, it's been really enjoyable. They have they actually have a bunch of different fan zones, um, and they all everybody crowds around a TV. It's been yeah, it's been a great World Cup. I and mean, I was just on. Saying earlier, like uh, before the, before we started, I've been traveling a lot lately. So a bunch of the matches I've had to watch in like airports during layovers. <laughs> it's been great, dude. That's interesting. Did you? Um, one thing I try to do this World Cup was to try to watch in a lot uh, in as many home home turf, meaning like uh, watching with fans of that team in a restaurant. Mm. You know. Uh, to kind of get a feel for their for their grandstanding, but so tell me tell me some interesting stuff or things you notice, things that things that were revealing or or that you really just uh, memorable. All right, so the <laughs> I went to a fan zone to watch Switzerland and um, Costa Rica, and mm. yeah, that was extremely telling. Like uh, they'd set up a really big tent, and then in the tent it was just like all these park benches in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, or like picnic tables, and then on the sides they had set up some stands selling like hot dogs and you know, beers, and it was just ordered, man. <laughs> Everybody kind of, you know, knew exactly like what the scene was. Like, all right, you go over here to get your food. You go over here to get your beer. You go sit down, shut up, you watch the match. Mm. Um, and I mean, they they were excited. There was a lot of chanting, and they had little kids up on the front climbing up on the TV, and they like, you know, kind of leading these uh, leading some songs. 
Um, but it was really structured. And when it was over, like people gone in minutes. Uh, so it was, it, it was telling, uh, forwards to the other ones that were, were interesting. Um, so I watched Germany, Mexico in the Vienna airport. Like I landed, ran, like, I think they must've scored the first goal. The, I guess the first, the goal we scored was in like what, the 31st, 32nd minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I arrived right before halftime and I saw the score and was like, shit, yes. And suddenly looked around and realized everybody was wearing white jerseys. I'm like, uh-huh. everybody in here is a German. <laughs> um, and I, you could see the, the same dynamic that was going on on the pitch was going on in the bar. People were like really down. Nobody was talking. Um, super frustrated. Every time something went wrong, like kind of felt like a bit of an overreaction. Uh, but it was just wound up so tight. I thought like, whoa, guys, settle down. If you're not, you know, if you're not going to enjoy this if you're watching the match like that. Uh, so I can't imagine they did. Um, the Chinese were really fun. <laughs> the uh, talk about commentators that actually get into it. That's if, if I could, un- I didn't have to understand anything they were saying because you could definitely feel the expression, uh, the way that they were. Um, so like getting into it, and they were really promoting the World Cup a lot in in China. Um, it's it's something they they definitely want to be a part of. They're the new they're the new market for everything soccer. You, yeah. you know, like the the Spanish league changed its starts. It's oh, for sure. Start time of their games to to satisfy the Chinese market, which I think is, anyways, we we, we that's a, that's another episode. Uh, Rafa, how yeah. how is uh, grandstanding in Big Sur? People care. Uh, yeah, not really, but yeah, some people. There's a group. Oh. Of us that, there's uh there's like twenty of us. Of twenty of like seven hundred people, that's that's a fair amount, I guess. Um, but you know, most of these people that are from here didn't grow up like they didn't have TVs, they didn't, they didn't watch sports, they didn't go to sporting events, they don't. You know, they don't do that kind of thing. They didn't play soccer growing up. So they're not really into it. There's, a, there's this guy, Carlos Volpini. He's a retired Argentinian soccer coach. Or he played for the for the national team at some point, like in the 70s or 60s. Holy shit. Holy and shit. it was fun watching it with him and his buddies. He uh, he has a uh, big ranch out here. And he has a, a ranch in uh, Omar. And he's just, like, watching these... These two guys watch soccer together is uh, pretty pretty fun. And there's a Dutch guy here, two Dutch guys, and they, they he started a, he did the pool for the for, for the brackets. And um, but for the most part, I watched the games by myself at the at a bar called the River Inn. And half the time they weren't even open; they were setting up the restaurant. And I was just watching. But uh, yeah, not not much going on. But but now it is increasing because the tourist season. Is a full is the full gear. So now, anytime there's a game, there's a concentration of whoever is traveling and their country's playing uh, at any given bar. You know? So you like run into like a bunch of Belgian people watching a game, you know. So that that makes it a little fun just to be with those because these people are actually from the country. They're not like American fans of that team. They're like they're traveling and they're like. They, it's funny to watch them. They come in like in a panic, looking for a TV, and like 
they're, they're <laughs> on their faces when like, oh, the game's on. Okay, good, good, good. And like they, but and they all walk in like this. It's pretty, pretty awesome. I just thought of a new, of a new. You know, uh, you all, you all ever go on YouTube and and watch uh, videos of people reacting to their team scoring a goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love I love watching those, but I think we should come up with a new one of of people walking into an establishment looking for a TV for the game. <laughs> just their face, <laughs> just their 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 intention. You can just like I've done that millions of times where you were like, "Okay, good, the game's on." Yeah, Dude, I uh, I saw I I ended up watching uh, Mexico Brazil in uh, in Munich, and I was dashing around looking for a TV. Um, and they kind of shuttle you off into a sort of back uh, terminal area. I was like, damn it, I'm not going to be able to find like a decent pub around here that actually shows it. And I asked this lady, like, Miss, like, do you know where I can actually get to a TV? And she just mm-hmm. goes, oh, if you just walk over there, you see like there's that giant pillar? I like, mm-hmm. yeah. And she's like, yeah, that's a TV. So I ended up walking over and they had, I mean, it must have been <laughs> three stories tall. Uh, and the entire airport had just flooded into this area to watch the match. Um, but my face just, it was like the light of the angels just came down on saying. me when I saw that. That's what I'm saying. I, I get that <laughs> oh, way in for glorious. a stupid Padre game. Like I'm like, oh, you got the Padre game. Like, oh, all right. Professor, <laughs> who did, who brought it the hardest in, in Manhattan? Who who had the, who who was representing the hardest out of all the teams? Which jersey did you see the most? Man, the the Mexicans and the Colombians were going toe to toe. Yeah, Colombians. Um, they hard. They do, man. They um. So you knew, like, you would know when a Mexico game was because you just saw the green jersey everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and equally, you knew when Colombia was playing because <laughs> it's you know I'm I'm on the subway at six a.m. and. guys in fucking in slacks and dress shoes you know going to their work with a yellow shirt on um (laughs) so um you know and and actually not just guys like moms everybody you know it's they 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 um they take great pride in the in that team um and so i I was pretty impressed outside of them you know the no other team you saw a lot of people repping their their teams but um but not yeah, Mexico and Colombia are by far the um, they're the grandstanding champs in in New York at least. Did you did you go into any any bars or, or any 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 memorable things that you uh, witnessed or experienced? Um, not for not in New York. I well, let's see. I, I watched the Spain Portugal game. Remember that first? That awesome yeah, that was game? a good one. I watched that in a Spanish good. bar. And um, and that was pretty cool. It was cool watching the Spanish fans just get deflated at the end. Um, um, uh, I, wa- I watched the Mexico-Germany game at a conference in, in Detroit, and um, and that was just interesting seeing. It was mostly people having no clue what was going on and just sitting down and watching. And, 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 and basically... It's it's funny to see how they how people who don't know what's going on, um, if they had to pick a side, you know, it, it didn't take long before everyone just organically starts cheering for Mexico, and that was just the team that everybody, you know, collectively decided right there, like, all right, that's that's a team we're pulling for here, um, and so and they're like watching it, rooting as if they're from Mexico, 
Um, yeah, and so that was, and then, interestingly, yesterday, uh, uh, Russia and Croatia, I walked into a bar here in, in Uptown Manhattan um, just to watch the penalty, the sh- kicks. Mm-hmm. Dude, I would have, I walked and I was like, wait, is this a, maybe this is like, are these Croatian people here? Because it was, the atmosphere was intense. Like, people were, like, clutching each other. <laughs> like, and I'm looking, I'm trying to figure out, like, no way, these people are not Croatian. And then, like, it's, it's and then it's obvious, like, no, like, that guy's, like, Dominican. Um, you know, like, there's, this, <laughs> these are not Croatians, but, man, were they cheering for Russia. Like, every, every penalty shot yeah, that Russia man. missed, they were... Just like I was telling you, they were jumping up and down. They were hugging, and um, and it was just a reminder, like, oh, that's right, like we hate Russians here. Yeah. Oh damn! The enemy of my enemy, enemy is my friend. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love that's it. That's funny because over here, Russia has been, um, and not, I mean, in no way associated to the government, but like Russia has been seen as the the plucky upstart, the, mm-hmm, the like mm-hmm. everyone was really cheering for them. So the bar I was at, um, there were Russians, but by and large, everyone was from all over the place. But just the Russian team has put up such a good fight. Um, they were kind, of, yeah, it, they were definitely cheering for Russia. I was definitely not cheering for Russia. <laughs> <laughs> they meddled, man. They meddled. We can't. They're the enemy. I did think it would. Football supposed been... to be above the politics, man. <laughs> no, that's bullshit. No way. They, they Damn it, Dan! You no know way. that's not true. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, I know. Able to cheer and for the US. They're gonna medal again. Okay, the, the thing is, they're gonna medal again, Dan, and we just have to be everything against Russia. Right? Medalers will always medal. We should just have a like Gens- game in the middle of summer. Might I? Like, might I intensify the rivalry? Just, let me just propose this. Perhaps you're less upset about the fact that they've meddled, and you're just upset about the fact that they've meddled better. Oof. Ah, damn. Oof. <laughs> that was Perspective. That, damn. I can't say that because that's just give it, just give, give it a Just give it a few minutes. You'll think of something. Have you, you ever watched Rocky? <laughs> it's just, it's just, oh, come on. Of course. Of course. Dude. Hockey, what side are Rocky, you on? Hockey and Rocky were the best, dude. Come on, two things that we that they should have beat us in, and we kicked their ass. <laughs> and and those guys just played in the in the quarterfinal, and we didn't. And when I say we, I mean both of them. Can we can we talk a little bit about um uh, the green team? Please. This is something I have a question for you all, and maybe I maybe I, I don't understand the definition of the word utopia, or or maybe maybe I, I don't maybe there's a different definition that I that I yet to know about. But at the end of the Mexico game, uh, towards the end, not right at the end, but towards the end, Martinoli, you know, on TV Azteca, was was very obviously upset. I I, I was I was moved by it because uh, Martinoli talked so much shit, but I think halfway through. After beating Korea, I think he really started to believe, if not after Germany, but after Korea, kind of like, okay, this, 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 this could, this is, this could be something. But at the end of the Brazil game, he, he kind of, you could tell he was upset, you know, 
and not upset at the boys, but but it, just kind of upset in general at the like what the fuck is happening? Why can't we overcome this 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 uh, round of sixteen match? And he referred to it. He's like, I don't know. Maybe it's something. Maybe it's just this, this, this utopia that we're stuck in. You know, how would that apply in that in that context? What does that mean to you all? So we've played Brazil, Argentina, Germany, the Netherlands. Every single time we go into round of sixteen, we have to play one of the big kids because we always go through in second place, right? Yeah. So we never get. You know, we never get a break on the on the out because we always barely scrape by. And wh- why do we end up in second place this time? Because we lost against Sweden. Like, we didn't just lose against Sweden. Like, <sighs> shit show. So I, I think we put put ourselves in that position every time. Does that mean anything to you, Professor? Utopia? Are we? What is that? What did, what was Martinoli talking about? So that's interesting you ask because I so I I didn't watch um, I wasn't I was watching on the Telemundo feed so I didn't hear him say this but I did see I saw the tweet like I saw that he tweeted I think he just tweeted the word utopia okay something very simple and 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 I was wondering what that was in in reference to and and fans some fans were giving him shit about it and others seemed to be agreeing but I was I personally was trying to figure out what exactly. Um, so could you give a little more context to what like to when he what he, when he said that I, I i can't really give any more context other than 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 i i was like in a state of of, of i was just fucking gone but i i was listening to basically his tone of voice was was of utter disappointment and he was kind of like saying like god damn what the fuck it's almost like we're stuck in this utopia you know but i didn't i don't understand he uses that uh, in Spanish. Uh, uh, they use that word utopia to, to refer to things that that continue to occur and don't ever change, which I could see kind of like I, I see the connection. But to me, usually utopia has like a somewhat positive connotation. Is, am I wrong in assuming that? Yeah, that, that's that's how I interpret it, too, which is why I was a bit confused by what what that was in reference what is, to. What do you think of that uh, political correspondent? One time text. What is that? What could that possibly mean? That is that we 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 get so caught up in the um, that small victory that we forget to show up for the next challenge. You think, I don't know. You think he's like mocking mocking the utopia we live in? And it's like these fans are like believe and believe and like and it's just like yeah, like here's your fucking utopia of the Mexican national team, like. Because in my, in I mean, fucking twelfth grade political science, you're reading Utopia. That Utopia has a positive connotation. Not so. Yeah, we're stuck in that fucking bliss of not winning. Somehow we still keep loving this team and just we're so excited. And they just let us down every time. Because this oh. was the year we we're supposed to win the World Cup. After Brazil, who was going to beat us? Like no one can beat us. And we were all like in complete bliss. Like, we're like, yeah, we're gonna. Man, you remember when? Uh, remember when the fucking Chargers lost to the Patriots, and we were we were gonna win, and we were gonna fucking go to the Super Bowl, and we sat there and we just looked at each other like we're gonna win the Super Bowl, and we just hugged, and it was like, 
like after we beat the Patriots, like because we were supposed to win, they came, wasn't supposed to miss that fucking field goal, and uh, and that's exactly like where we got stuck. Like, damn it! Like they did it to us again. Like they were so fucking close. It was like very like that similar feeling, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but at the same time, anyone, you know, like when I filled out my 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 World Cup bracket. Probably like fifteen people were part of this, and I and I had Mexico winning the whole thing. Everyone literally thought it was the funniest thing they've ever seen. Um, and yeah, and one person responded like, "Wow, glad, glad you're thinking with your head, Manny." Um, how much people really believe that this was the year? And and I mean, I think I think what many people did believe was this is the best. This is the best team that's been assembled for a World Cup. Um, and even that's debatable, but, um, I think before Germany, people weren't really believing it after Germany, people started believing it. And yeah, dude, I, I agree with you, uh, Mario on, on not just Martinoli, but the entire Mexican sports press took a completely different tune after Germany. And now all of a sudden everybody, and if, if they're, they're the ultimate pessimists, if now they're starting to believe and you can sense their belief Feitelson is, is is sounding like I'd never heard him before after Germany talking about you know the potential mm-hmm. of this team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe maybe that's we were in this state of utopia after that game that we just ne- we never came down from that cloud. I I'm not sure um, if that's that's what what he meant, but um, it, I mean I at the same I think after Sweden a lot of people did come down from it. And after Sweden, a lot of people then realize, like, oh, okay, oh, that's right. They are who we thought they were. They are who they thought we are. They are. Um, like, that That. That shit. And, and then when you think about the fact that Germany, everybody's beating Germany. So we didn't even really beat that good of a team. Can I, can I, can I, can I say, um, well, here we go. Um, I think we lost, we lost, I knew, I knew we were in trouble when Tony Cruz scored that goal against uh sweden to win that game that that when we were watching that game together i don't know if you guys if you all were in the in the room when that goal went in i i i had a sick feeling in my stomach where i thought this is bad news for mexico this is this could potentially be the 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 nail in the coffin for them because uh looking at it metaphorically and looking at this this the symbols and looking at 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 from a, from a perspective of a person that could give two shits what the analysis or the statisticians or I think football like any other sport is emotional but especially football I knew that that goal really really put Mexico on the ropes and and instead of going into Sweden trying to find a creative way to get a tie or a win they went in there thinking holy shit if we lose this we could be out of this I think that really that 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 Germany beating or Germany beating Sweden in the last minute really did some shit to fuck with the with the with the mindset of the Mexican national team, and not only the Mexican national team, out of all of, of all of us. And then we go into Sweden playing scared, and then look at what happened. That's an interesting way to look at. It. I, I saw I saw it actually as as an as the, in the opposite way. And okay. When Germany scored that goal, I felt relieved. Really? Uh, only because my concern that was my concern. After beating Germany, my one concern was, yeah, but did we beat a weak team? Like, are we 
super excited over beating like a, a brand name, but that brand name has no substance in it right now. And and so when Sweden was about to beat them, or 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 at least tie with them, I I'm, I was watching that game thinking like, shit, man. So we didn't beat a good Germany. And then when they when they scored that last minute goal, I thought, okay, good. They are still they're still monsters, and we could still feel proud of that victory. Um, so that's yeah, that's how I took that goal. And then and then when Korea beat them, then I was like, oh shit, we did. We, we, I, we didn't beat I, I would I would argue that Germany wasn't looking so hot coming into the World Cup, but neither do a lot of teams. Um, I would argue that that we 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 fucked with their minds so much that they were they just could never recover. True. I awesome. I take a lot of solace in knowing that that we took we you know we took down the world champs and that I think I think we did a number on them. I think Profe beat them. Just fucking and that back line and the gods. They were all everything kind of came together. <laughs> Everyone was on point. Yeah. That's true. Rafi still That's in? true. So anyways, um back to this whole issue of why we now now let's really get into it. I want to I want to talk a little bit about um Soul searching the three of you have done, and I want you to give me your take as to why we Mexico can't get to the quarterfinals, and, and, and through the lens of this World Cup. Uh, I mean, I guess I didn't have to do that much soul searching when they went out because I didn't get my hopes up. Uh, I, it was incredible that we beat Germany, but we do that all the time. Like, I always consider Mexico to be kind of this giant... We're, we're a giant killer that can't get over themselves. Um, I feel like we always... Teams that don't take us seriously uh, get beat. But once you take us seriously, I, I always find, like, it's kind of, um, you know... <laughs> I, just, I think other teams just take it more... Uh, just take it more seriously. Uh, yeah. But... I guess for me, it's more a question of physical. It's more physical stuff than it is, um, you know, philosophical or necessarily like a, a way of mentality. But the example that I would use as to why we never make it past um, is the story that Manny once told about um, the boxer, um, the redhead. Canelo. Uh, Canelo. Canelo. The story about Canelo training uh, and him getting like Snickers bars for energy, like in training. It's like, wow. No, maybe Chavez, Chavez Jr. No, it was a story about Canelo. Oh, okay. Someone who was telling me that he, uh, maybe it wasn't you, but um, someone told me a story that like his trainer uh, was giving him Snickers bars for like, um, like quick sugar, like energy, um, while he was training. I just thought, wow. Everywhere else in the world, people are. Um, watching video, you know, doing like really specific things for their fitness and um, training in certain ways and um, strategizing, doing all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I think Mexican players do take their, do take their work really seriously. Um, but I think they're also, we, we in general, like, eh, it's not so, it's not such a huge deal. So when the chips are down and it comes to elimination, that's usually where we fall. Where we fall down, right? It's hard to see Mexico play the way they do in important games, and it's just like, what happened? Because they have the ability to play really good games, and they're really good, and they beat 
big teams all the time. But only when it doesn't matter. When it doesn't matter. We only do that when it doesn't matter. I I was having the thought, like, I'm like, who, like, what is their weight training, like, regimen? Like, what is their, like, like, speed training? Like, what kind of people do they have working with these, with, with these, uh, with, with these athletes? Like, it's like they just, like, you feel like there's all these teams that, like, have, like, look at Croatia, look at Russia, like, they, like, they have something in them where they can pull, like, fury out of their ass. And Mexico's just like, ugh, like, we, we play to our ability. And and we have good games, and if we're not going to have a good game, well, then we're just going to kind of give it. Like, like I don't know. I, it, like, like, what is their, what is the Mexican national team's training regimen? Why can't we play to the level of, like, when a team plays hard against Mexico, we, like, fall apart. And it's just like, and they they can play technical and then and then something happens and they just shut down. It's like, why can't Mexico? Why can't we take amazing shots? Why can't we make fucking spot on passes consistently? Why can't we cross the fucking ball like everyone crosses the ball? What happens to them? Is it the psyche? Are they not training properly? Are they not big enough? Are they not strong enough? Are they not fast enough? What what is it? it is like. You see time and time again when Mexico needs to step up to the challenge, have a really good game, they just look deflated. Like, they can't make – why can't – I don't give a fuck if we miss every single time we cross the ball and we get a shot off. <laughs> just cross it. Just make the fucking pass. I don't care if the goalie stops it every fucking time. Just cross the fucking ball. Put it at the guy's feet. Let him take the fucking shot. Take the shot and, like – why do they freeze in the box? Take the fucking shot. But we, we do, you got we my do wheels all spinning, those Rafa, You got my wheels spinning. I have so many things I want to say. Go one time. No, we do play great matches. It's just we play great matches when there's nothing going on. Uh, what was it? There was another joke that came out about once about, like, if you want a, if you want a Mexican player to be, have a really successful career, his first match has to be, like, um, as meaningless as possible so he doesn't feel any pressure. But if you want an Argentine to have a really great career, his first match has to be like the biggest match ever so that it matches his ego. Yeah. <laughs> but see, there's, a few th- there's a few things. I'm sorry, go ahead. I think the Mexican players have huge egos. Um, but it's but it's it's those huge egos that, that are covering some deep-seated insecurities. Mm-hmm. Um and I think those those huge egos come from the fact that we do – I mean, this is a team that – there's very few countries that play at this very high, intense level. And they're the same countries. They're the same teams that we see every single World Cup uh, making it going deep. Um, and we have this expectation for the Mexican team to do that despite the fact that they just don't have – I think we're, we're yeah. on our way. Because all that stuff you guys are talking about, about the training regimen, the nutrition, all that, that, that's that's becoming more and more sophisticated. But we're just a little late in getting there. Um, but it's happening. Um, we're Little by little, gradually, we're having more players in Europe. So we're doing all the right things to go in, in that direction. We're just not there yet. We're not at that level just yet. But fan base-wise, we are... You know, the, the, the fan base, in my opinion, is the most important player on that Mexican team. It's, going back to what we were talking about earlier, we just, the, the Mexican fan base is this incredible, um, they get so much attention 
um, and the players feel that and they and they feed off of it and um, and you have to me the the moment that I saw Chicharito Layun Salcedo with their fucking bleached hair that was the sign that I deep down I thought we're in trouble this is yep. not good um, because we don't the fans aren't out there to push the team on to go far. The team is out there to get to about the round of 16, just to give us an excuse to come out for a good party, like everybody to dress up a little bit and call it a day. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we, we have, because the fan base is, is so great. We have expectations for the team to keep up and, and the team's not, the team has yet to keep up with the elite level that the fan base is at. Um, but, but we have this expectation for, for them to do that. And, and I think it's, and again, we're getting there. But, Commit, but, but that's just, just because we're Rasa. We know how to throw a good party. <laughs> hey, there's kind of a sentiment of like, like the the especially in, in America. I don't not anywhere else in the world because outside of America, everybody loves Mexicans. But uh, it it you uh, you just you don't want to not make it out of the first round. They're like once, like ah, if we lose in the next round. Eh, at least we made it. It's like I feel like there's a lot of sentiment like that that goes uh, with the Mexico fan base. Like, oh, at least we made it out of the first round, you know. And then like you always They're expect to lose in the take second the foot round. Off the gas. So it's just, it's just it's just part of being like because in reality, like yes, everybody wants Mexico to win the World Cup. But if you really sit there and start talking about, you sit at a bar. I talk to my dad about it. I talk to your dad, man. Like they're like, they'll they'll be the first one. They settle down and whipper snapper. Like, come on, man, yeah, we're dude. Not gonna win the World Cup. Like, I was about like, to ask you that. Like, it, 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 it's the general sentiment. Like nobody, no. I mean, I believe and I really wanted Mexico to win the World Cup, but in reality, how many Mexicans believe that Mexico had a chance of winning the World Cup? I don't think very many, other than like. I don't. <laughs> Whoa. No. I, I absolutely bet, I bet, not. You know I will be the first one to say it, man. I have no expectation that Mexico is going to win a World Cup in my lifetime. Oh, uh, I don't you? know, dude. I think we'll win one. I think we'll win yeah. one. Okay, yeah, it's, let me we'll ask you this. On the cusp. We'll win one. Really? Yeah, we'll win one. Wait, uh, I, I, I'm you... really. I, I have a whole fucked up narrative as to how how we win in 2026. Uh... And I'll I tell you all about it. it. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have. I, I'm. I'm gonna give you pieces of it. But let me. Can I address a few things? One, Europe has dominated the last. Is it last four World Cups? Yeah. So yeah. The, the Americas. The, the last time the Americas won a World Cup was 2002. It was Brazil. Wait, hang on a sec. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But that's that. That also kind of skews it. Argentina had tons of opportunities to yeah. beat Germany uh, in the last World Cup. True. Yeah, true. and Brazil has definitely but, shown up as well. No, but they didn't. And 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 I think I think uh, I think the, the the German resolve came through in the last World Cup. Argentina. But had to a say that they dominated, but to say that they dominated really skews it. True. You're right. So it they've won the last. You're right. They've won the last. But you know, to to what Rafa was saying about about um about training regimens and and. The, you know, Mexico. One of the one of the one of the shit. A lot of the shit that 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 uh, the Mexican press talked about. I don't know if if ESPN or people on the on the American side cover this as much, but uh, the, like the hardcore Mexican press said, 
Well, this was a team that supposedly had a coach that knew everything about like conditioning, like 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 physical conditioning. You know, uh, Osorio is supposed to be the 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 man when it comes to like getting players in optimal peak performance uh, uh, status. And then they brought in the they brought in the psychologist, remember the motivational guy, Ibarrondo, mm-hmm. the Spanish guy. They had they brought guys from like, Manu. Yeah, they they basically had. Basically, it's like, and they had the squad, they had the team, they had the talent, they had the, they had the experience. So it was kind of like you had everything, you know. But I, you still I, fucking shit I, I, you have yeah. to argue, man. Hold on, hold on. Had the talent. Had the wanna, talent. Well, you had the talent. You know, Hector Herrera is. I'm that fool is like. He, he, and I'll get into an, another thing that that I think is really fascinating about, and and this goes again to Rafa to Rafa's question. The the you've heard me say this here or, or maybe not, but the Mexican Soccer Federation hurts their chances of becoming World Cup champions by selling their players at such a high cost, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that our players are not to be, are the Mexican the Mexican national team not national team talent from Mexico doesn't leave to Europe. There's this mythology that Mexican players can't handle it, that there's a story about El Jamaicón. I don't know if you guys ever heard of El Jamaicón, the legend of El Jamaicón. Uh, El Jamaicón is a soccer player that went to Europe, and he failed, and he came back. And when, you know, when they interviewed him and they asked him, like, what happened, he's like, oh, I miss my, I miss my mom's beans or some shit like that, right? And that be, kind of came, became the standard for why Mexicans don't, don't, don't succeed in the European leagues because – we we just can't get used to it. We don't have the we don't have the webbles to make it. And that, that's bullshit. That's not true. What happens is that Mexican players are valued at such a high price that because the Mexican league makes so much money that they they're, they're, there's no interest in selling Chucky Lozano's to to PSV because because we can just keep him here and make a shitload of money off of him, right? As rather than saying, well, let's sell all these players and and over the course of a lifetime like Argentina and Brazil and a lot of the other powerhouses in South America have done, you build a reputation. And there was something really beautiful that uh, Martinoli said um, during the Germany-Mexico game. He's, he said uh, when, when Germany was, was, was attacking and attacking and attacking, he's like, he's like, Germany's coming with everything. You know, he's, he's going on. He's like, Germany's throwing our, their, their four stars on top of us. You know, the four stars in reference to the four mm. champions. I thought that was such a beautiful, poetic way of describing what I think happens to the Mexican national team. Brazil threw the fucking five stars on Mexico. They lost because they they blew their load on the Germany game. They knew they could beat Korea. But by the time they got to Sweden, Chicharito cried during the fucking Germany game. I cried too. But I'm like, that's too much emotion for one game. You know, you got to hold that one. He blew his load. We were done. I, I was really concerned. Um, but back to my my point is that I think I think that the issue is going to be that we need to give the Mexican players a fair shot at moving to the European leagues and like let them let them go let them go play in that in that environment to be around guys who are basically to play against those guys who are on those teams that have the three and the four stars so that when we play against them. They don't throw them around. They don't throw them at us, and then we 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 fucking get scared. I I personally think it's not for lack of talent. Although Neymar Neymar like he showed us up. I hate that motherfucker, but he's good. 
<laughs> and Brazil Brazil is solid. They they beat us. They beat us, you know. But I think a Mexican team that goes in there having beat Sweden, there's no way Brazil would have beat us. Uh, I don't think I so. Mean, had had we had we beaten Sweden, we would have been a different team. Um, well, we would have probably not played Brazil, but yes, yes, yes. <laughs> hey, yeah. Uh, um, go ahead, Rafa. Uh, okay, so yes, we need to start exporting more players. So you know, Sorio does have he's known to be able to get guys in tip-top shape, but how much time did he have and? How many players that aren't playing in Europe, they're playing in Mexican leagues or playing somewhere else? How many of those guys have those kind of training regiments and like access to that? I mean, I don't know if you the, the when you went and did the barista thing with the Potters, like I would w- watch these guys like work out and like train and like and these are just baseball players, you know? Like these are, like they're like and yeah, you gotta do weights for because you gotta hit home runs and shit. But like, but just the intensity of how much time they spent working out and like. And getting in that physical condition, I, I I don't I I feel like in in Mexico I don't see that happening. Like I, with 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 teams in in the Mexican league, like do they have that? Like I don't well, know. well, and, and I'm gonna let everybody. I, I want to say just one last thing, and then I'm gonna and then I'm gonna sit back for a bit. But you know, I think you're you're on to something too, Rafa. Uh, um, the European teams. They, they're, they're. I mean, the players might as well be fucking royalty. They might as well be kings. The way they get treated and the, the the kind of the kind of focus and attention. I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that the last remaining teams, with the exception of Croatia, they have a lot of fucking money for infrastructure to basically. Even though we may be doing the same kind of training, I feel like they still have a competitive edge over us just because of the of of the of the infrastructure and the money they have to support a. A much more so like if we're all doing the same exercises but they're doing you know they're doing something that 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 even goes beyond that it's kind of like if you ever watch your your mom make salsa and she like doesn't want to give you the recipe you're making the same salsa you're doing the same thing but you don't ever realize that when she's you know when she peels the tomatillo she like adds a little fairy dust to it or something you know because you don't you don't see those little tiny maneuvers that i think we're all doing we're all making the same salsa but their salsa is better because They've just been making it for a longer time at a higher level. Yeah, that's. It. I mean, but, but we're there. But we're but we're going there. Yes, that's. Yes. Uh, the, uh, I mean, yeah, Mexico's been getting steadily improving ish <laughs> lately, kind of on a blip. But we've always been a middle football power. That being, I mean, what do you really need to be a uh, a really successful league? You don't necessarily have to have a league. But you need to be producing youth who can actually go and play in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, some investment in the youth programs in Mexico would certainly go a long way. Um, and then, I mean, I know we keep talking about the the training regiments of players, but that depends on their club teams, not on their not on the national team. Um, but there does need to be a cohesive vision um, that actually sticks around for a while with some players. Um, Great example of one team that I think is doing really well right now, just because they happen to get quite lucky with some continuity, is is England. Gareth Southgate was an under-21 coach up until two years ago when he randomly surprised, got thrown into the coaching job, and they said, okay, go like actually be the manager. All the players that are up on the on the English team right now, they have experience with Gareth Southgate already. They know his program, the way, the way that he works. 
So there's continuity there. Um, that's that's one of the things Mexico hasn't had what, in age, like in ages. This is true. Um, pick a manager, stick it out. Uh, he doesn't necessarily deliver in one World Cup the way that we think we're supposed to be delivering. Uh, like, I guess winning the World Cup. Um, come on, man, be realistic. Like, give the guy some time. Um, and and make sure that he's got a plan with the youth. I agree. No manager wants to um, wants that job for very long. It's a fucking mm-hmm. it's a high pressure cooker. Um, where mm-hmm. he, even if we wanted to keep Osorio, it's indications are he has no desire to remain because it's just um, it's just too much. Well, we as fans, like I think, need to adjust our uh, our expectations, and that that will go a long way towards making that a more attractive job. And also, the same way that that we need to adjust our expectations, the media also needs to uh, like take it easy, man. Don't sell us don't sell us stories on the scandals. Sell us stories on uh, I mean, not just the good things, but um, just be a little bit more supportive of the squad, you know. For reals. But see, but but then, so that's interesting though, because the the media, the Mexican media, comes from it kind of from your perspective, which is they're the ones constantly reminding the fan base, you guys, this is a mid mid tier team, kick back a bit, they're not all that great. Um, but then they and then that's the big criticism, is that they're they they demoralize the team by coming with that, you know, by constantly reminding us of that. But they're basically they're kind of saying what you're saying, which is like, let's be realistic here. We got, we've got a lot of work to do before we start being a, like a proper elite squad. Like before, I w- before we can start ranking ourselves with the France, like you know, current with the current, you know, French and Belgian teams. Um, uh, I mean, Brazil should have been there, um, but uh, Argentina, I don't even think is is at that level. But we need to <laughs> take it easy, take a step back, and be like, all right, where, where do we really fall into oh, this? But we can uh, play into the scheme. What about like I mean, we we can keep up with these teams. What what is it? Skill? Is it heart? Is it just inexperience? Like you don't have the balls. Oh man, it's like training from when from when you're an absolutely like tiny spud all the way like up the leagues. Um, Yeah, it's the way they cultivate their players. It's the way that they organize their players. Um, It's I mean it's a number of factors, but it's stuff that they've been working on since they were like. Ten, <laughs> younger than that. They're all because they were already playing in in the systems. Um, that's how Germany came back around. Um, you know, back in the in the early nineties, I think they had an entire like government investigation. They said we want to like be proper powerhouses, so we're going to build up our squad again. Um, and, and they and that, started that like a full is, generational plan. And that absolute. That's a that's a. A huge point you make there. After Mexico won the gold medal in the Olympic Games, yeah, against Brazil. Was there a fucking debrief to say, "Hey, hey, what happened? How did we achieve that? What did we do? You know, let's let's study this. What what did we do? How did we do this? That 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 report does not exist. You know, that's that kind of gets to what you're asking, Rafa. I think, I think Mexican players have a fucking lot of heart. I don't. I don't necessarily think it's for lack of heart. I. I. I think maybe not. Maybe there are some teams that are more talented. Uh, but then here's another thing I wanted to say. Mexican players are are you know. 
there's been an argument put forth by a lot of by a lot of uh, different different uh, talking heads that the Mexican player, the way they're perceived as a product in the European market, is one. It's it, it they're 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 not very marketable outside of Mexico, with the exception of Chicharito. But still, um, it's part of the reason why you know Real Madrid has an exceptional goalkeeper, Keylor Navas, but they're always looking for a new one. Because, because surprise, Keylor Navas is not a marketable figure. They're just—it's just not. They—they they, they don't know how to sell the, the, that that player, that image, that 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 kind of that kind of product. Dude, so, so I think they're not that, trying think, to sell. Kayl- they're not trying to sell Keylor Navas because they want another market. They're trying to sell Keylor Navas because um, the owner of Real Madrid believes that the Spanish national uh, goalkeeper should be. The um, should right. be the Real Madrid keeper, and the best right. Spanish keeper out there right now is David De Gea. They've been trying to buy De Gea for ages, and he showed. But why didn't they ever bring Pepe Reina? He was there. He's always been there because he wasn't that good. Well, he's. But but if you want, no, if you Kaylor want, Navas is really solid uh, compared to the rest of those. Like the I other mean, I, th- I think they should have Memo Choa because he's marketable. Memo Choa is super marketable. But but what I, but the only point I was trying to make with that is I think that if the Mexican players had a different view or perception of themselves on the world stage, I think it would go a long way to to increase their the the way they perceive themselves when they are playing against those four or five star teams. Um, I think I really think it all all of it all of it with the exception of of a, of a few things a few missing pieces in our back line, all of it is psyche. Versus Psyche, and we fucking knew that we were playing against a fight. Yeah, we could beat them in the Olympics, but the World Cup's something different. And but we, everybody, we be honest with me. Full, did you we didn't beat a full I, Brazilian team in the Olympics either? You can only didn't play beat a full but, Brazilian. We didn't play with a full Mexican no. team. Yeah, I know, but they uh, there's still a big difference there. Like, and we well, Mexico Marcelo, tends to play really well Marcelo in the under 21s. That's true. Yeah, it's true. But then, what about they the rest are. of the squad? So, nah, I'm not, I'm not trying to knock it, but no, 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 no. I know what you're saying. Squad. It is different. You're right. It is different. It is different. But still, I think psyche, Rafa, is the answer. That would be my answer, Professor. In in to me, I I, I I'm not jo- I'm being serious when I uh, that morning against Brazil. I I I went into the Brazil game thinking we absolutely could beat them. Um, I thought that it was possible that the Sweden loss maybe snapped them back into reality and said, all right, we need to get our shit together. And they were going to come in, come into that game with the same mentality they, they went into Germany. Um, dude, the, the moment I saw the bleached hair, I, that told me something about their psyche. Like, what are they doing? What are they, what? Like, who does Chicharito think he is? Like, what is he trying to do? I'm like, dude, stop. But again, doesn't happy. Doesn't doesn't that get to the heart of the matter though? That you know, for a team, for a team that punches at our particular weight level, um, don't we kind of need to maybe take a step back a little bit and sit with a bit of a reality check and say we got a lot of work to do before we can start going on to celebrations. Before we start doing fun things with our hair, Before, they, yeah. they do a whole lot of social media activity. Um. Yeah, so and I, and I would remind you that every single time, every single time the like World Cup time comes around, 
all the players who have the biggest advertising deals don't perform well. Like those guys are usually the first ones that are out. And the thing I always think is instead of doing commercials, maybe you should have been practicing. You know, it's, what's interesting is, um, I mean, although of course, Vela played, you know, he, he played in Europe, but, um, him coming from not, you know, at least he, he's been playing in, in LA. Um, he arguably came in the best form. Yes. Yes. Which does yes. say something about getting playing time over, you know, how, how much is that more valuable uh, over maybe being in Europe and not getting, not playing those full 90 minutes. But, but it's not enough just to be playing in Europe. Like, right, you need right, to right. be playing at the highest levels. And, and there are no Mexican players who are at that level. I mean, let's be honest. How many Mexican players have ever played at that level? Like Rafa Marquez and Hugo Sanchez. Yeah, on the squad, like oh. you know, I, I, I think I think Herrera breaks out. We got a long out. way to go. Herrera to uh, me is he is he is fucking the way he played. I mean, he is he's on another level right now. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to one of the big four. Oh, they're everyone's they're saying it, Barcelona's looking at him, um, and then Chucky's too. And apparently, oh, Man U sure. is looking off. The rumor is looking off him forty million. Yep, for Chucky. Mm-hmm. And Ochoa, uh, Ochoa, Ochoa cemented himself as yeah. the best. I mean, I don't care what Jorge Campos thinks. He's the best goalkeeper we've ever had. Yeah. Definitely. But he doesn't tend to perform that great in cl- at club level. Um, and I'll be interested to see if any of these like transfer rumors actually go through. I um, hope so. I, I mean, I was definitely touched when uh, – I think it was Rio Ferdinand who said that um, that was one of the best uh, – um, one of the best players, that, like best deals that he saw on the market. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was like two seasons ago. But that being said, none of the players at the moment are playing at that level. And, and the teams that are, you know, that we're calling like the golden ages, every single person, not just on the starting lineup, the entire bench yeah. is playing yeah. on club teams that are at the highest level. Yeah, so, true. that's true. I mean, and that's you true. can technically argue whether or not, um, you know, Liverpool or Tottenham can be considered to be at the top level, but if Belgium and England go head-to-head in the final, that says a lot about the quality of the Premier League. Because um, those those two teams are like vastly comprised of Premier League players, despite the fact that they all come from really distinct backgrounds. Um, but we're not, we're not up there. <laughs> and, you know, another thing I want to add about Europe is... is, is has figured out a way to to no longer have to export talent from from uh, from from the Americas and 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 less and less from Africa. When you you know you have countries like Belgium, you have Iceland, you have all these you have all these places again back France, to the infrastructure, France. back to the money. Paris is the Paris is the hotbed of international football right now, man. They're like they're they're like the the uh, you know like the, the 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 they're producing they're producing more soccer players than any other region. In the world, I think right now. But anyways, um, the the Parisian suburbs, not 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 Paris proper. But anyways, where Umbop you know, comes from, rooms. right? <laughs> Dude, can we just talk about Mbappe for a second? Like, how yeah, 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 yeah. is that kid? Well, and he's only what nineteen, nineteen years old. And the thing is, he's got a head on his shoulders as well. Like, he seems really sharp. Yeah, that whole damn French team looks sharp. Um, but but anyways, I think. 
this is this is this is I'm gonna I'm gonna beat this this horse a little more. If Hector Herrera were an Argentine, he would be signed by one of the big one of the big teams. If he were a Brazilian, he would already be signed. But because he's Mexican, I'm I'm telling you, he would have he would have been subjected away. to a completely different youth process. He would have been cultivated in a completely different way and had access to completely different infrastructure. Uh, but there are the, Herrera. I think is a he's a he's a he's a Pachuca kid, right? Isn't Herrera a Pachuca kid? And and Pachuca is they they're the real deal. They're, they're the ones that produce Chucky Lozano. Yeah. They they produced uh, I think they produced Herrera. Um, they're they're on on the on the on the international stage. There's a lot of respect for what they're doing because they're basically taking these kids at a very young age, you know, basically grooming them in the way that the European teams do. But that's only one of very few, you know. The big, the you know, America buys all their talent. So does uh, so does uh, Guadalajara. And, and and I think the other teams kind of just get by because there's it's very lucrative. But a, a, a place like Pachuca, they're growing, they're 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 doing some good stuff. But you're right, you're right, Dan. I agree. But it's taking that. See, it's it's just it's again, it's just taking a little bit of time because that there there's there's a handful of academies in the entire country, like literally just a handful that are starting to develop a nice uh, a. a a good pipeline. Um, but as that's taking notice, so by 2026, there's going to be 10 of those academies. You yeah. Know? And I think that's just, I think it's just, I think we're just, be, we're, we're getting, you know, we're, we're getting impatient and understandably we should be, but, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's going to make it all the more sweet when, um, cause I, I don't see us regressing. I see, I see us taking all the right steps. And I think it's just it, it's just something that's going to take a little bit of time. Let me ask you a question and, and be brutally honest. Who do you think will win a World Cup first, Mexico or the U.S.? Mexico. Mexico. Dan, don't say. I, I, I would hate, I, I I would hate if Osorio went to U.S., but still, they, they, they won't do it. I bet you that if I go to Las Vegas, they will put better odds on me going into outer space in my lifetime than Mexico winning in my lifetime. <laughs> well, maybe you have, you have good odds of going to outer space. Well, with your background, Dan, that's, that's, you have better no, odds. No, no, not with my background. My health is awful. Do you think my body can sustain any of, that, any of those forces? Absolutely not. That's crazy. Because just think, like, like how say many for... Have, how many have, a show of hands. How many of you have jogged at least once in the last year? Well, I can't see your guys' hands. Dan, you're the only one. <laughs> Dan, say I'm the only one raising my hand. So no, come on. You you, you have more. You have more. Uh, you have more. Well, there you go. I mean, for for you, Rafa, like maybe I would uh, try to do the comparison with poor Panama. But you know, come on, guys. Like. Okay, Mexico has been performing okay, so the exact what, same our entire lifetimes. I mean, since said, if, if we've if we've been knocking on the door for so long, like just like we've been like in in the hearts and minds of Mexicans, we since the days of Hugo Sanchez, we've had chances of being like like competing with these top teams. Why has it taken so long for Mexico to start taking the right steps, having the academies, having all these like? Uh, because Mexico's we a don't... corrupt as fuck country. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's the fucking truth there, you know? 
I mean, I'm not going to say anything to that side, but I, I definitely would say that we have not invested the levels of, uh, of money or infrastructure or time or, uh, or energy into, into developing the type of team that could actually, you know, have a legitimate shot at going that deep into the cup. And why would you need to if your team's making millions and millions of dollars just by showing up to the round of 16? Yeah. I mean, yeah. What's, what's the incentive? Good enough. There's no incentive. Mm. I mean, if you start losing money, maybe that's when the Federation's like, shit. You know? That is, I mean, the bottom line. Our what's buddy in, is um... Mexico, is Mexico phys- is, okay, this is, uh, is Mexico, phys- Mexicans physically able to compete at the level as every as everybody gets bigger and stronger, do, Mexi- do, do Mexicans as a race do they have to be bigger to compete at that level? <laughs> it's not that you have to be bigger. It's just that you have to like be developed from a younger age. Like look at Eden Hazard. That kid's five foot six. He's tiny, but you see the way he handles the ball. His touch. It looks like he did nothing but practice getting bomb passes thrown at him from, you know, 200 yards, and he would have to, like, bring him down, like, holding a glass of water. It's it's phenomenal, but, he, but, but it's something that you see cultivated. If, you're always, if, you, if you don't leave the Mexican League and you're constantly playing with the guy, the biggest guy you're playing with is, like, 5'10 on any given day, and, like, typically not 5'10, probably, like, 5'8. If you're not playing with bigger guys, like, and then you have to go pay with somebody, like, Germany, then if you're everyone's, gonna, it, like, if you want to compete with the best, you got to be out there playing with the best. Well, Ralph, I mean, one one thing that you're kind of getting to is one thing that import as far as immigration goes, uh, you know, those German teams have the benefit of their well shit, we just talked about the Parisian suburbs. That's a African immigrant uh talent pool that that they that they groom. But um but but it goes back to what, you know, what we've been keep this whole the whole training regimen and the nutrition I think it was the article that you, one of you guys sent an, a, a piece about these schools that these kids now um, in, in Mexico are who are going through these academies like have a very 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 strict diet that's just it, things are being done that weren't done before and all of this is just is cultivating this this future generation of, of athletes uh, where like depending on their size each kid is giving a very specific nutrition plan. Yeah, on the game they played, how many miles they ran. Yeah, yeah. like things that we never. Those kids would go back to their houses to eat beans. You right. know what I'm saying? We uh, we in uh, in uh, at Point Loma, so Point Loma High School, we were the only team, only football, only high school on the in the coastal high schools in San Diego that didn't have a competitive football team. Like we were always the embarrassment. Like La Jolla, Mission Bay, everybody up and down the coast. Like it was like the they were the draw schools, you know and Point Loma was just some little bastard stepchild. And they decided to invest money, and they hired this uh, team of, of trainers. They're called Tax Something, Tax Speed. And they're from Texas. They came out from Texas, and every summer we did six weeks of speed and, and conditioning and weight training. And the first summer we, we did that, we went to CIF. And every and when, and like we're always going to CIF, like, we're in the finals, like, constantly, and, like, just, like, always, like, we became a force to be reckoned with, like, point on. And that was only, I, that was only like, the last two years of my high school experience there, but 
but it was an intense, like, these guys from Texas who, like, live, eat, and breathe football, like, just, like, in-your-face fucking drill started. And all we did for six weeks in the summer was run and lift weights and run and lift weights. And then and just, like, and technical, like, technical footwork. Not even, like, not even, like, uh, uh, like, like, speed training. Like, well, it was all speed training because it was for your feet. But, like, but it was just super technical, little, small steps, little things. How you, and, and that made so much of a difference. Uh, like, so, like, these programs work. So, like, uh, you know, like, and, and, and these guys trained the team that went undefeated for 10 years. And the coach only had small linemen because based on the footwork that these guys, like the, and like the average weight of their offensive line was 165 pounds. And these guys were able to teach kids to be really good just by like, with their like, uh, like footwork, speed work and like, and train, uh, and weight training. So like, I mean, these things are out there, you know, and they work, but, yep. uh, I don't those seeds are being planted. And it's just going to take it's going to take a bit for them to to now flourish. Well, you know, to that thing that you just said, Professor, about uh, about Afri- uh, African Northern African players coming to play on the on the you know, immigrants that that end up playing on the French national team. Um, there's there's also there's talk some 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 of the talking heads talk about how Mexico needs to start nationalizing Argentine players and Brazilian players that come to the Mexican leagues. And really start looking at that as an option as well. So, well, as as they're coming in, basically start approaching them and saying, "All right, you're you know, you know the, the same way we poach kids from the U.S. Uh, to to come, you know, we we mm-hmm. we we have an active program to poach to poach pochos <laughs> to 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 bring our 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 generation back there to to play on the national team. Th- that they need to start doing that with." all of the players that come to the Mexican league and, and doing that, you know, and that's, that gets into a whole nother thing about the philosophy of Mexicans have of, of, of the players all to be naturally born and they need to have some connection and not just be some guy named, you know, you, you know, uh, Sanetti from yeah. Argentina who gets nationalized. I mean, that's the way some teams win. Mm-hmm. And at, <laughs> at, at, at the same time, are, aren't there those that feel that, we need to stop importing, at least not that, before yeah. the point of nationalizing them. Yeah. Stop importing so many players from yeah, because you, you're taking spots away from our from our teams mm-hmm. from our players. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so that's one component, and then the next one is like establishing a establishing an identity as far as like strategy goes, where like where where you play other teams, you know, like you know what you're. You know the identity of the German team, of the Brazilian team. Like they, there's a there's a style and there's a system. Um, do we lack one? And is that because we keep because we have a new coach every few years? Well, we, we I think I think one of the reasons why we get respected on the international stage is because we because we do try to attack. Mm-hmm. Um, we you know even though in in some of those games Germany had possession more than we did, and and so did Brazil. But 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 it we don't park the bus. We do attack. We do try to bring it to them, and I think that's respected everywhere. And anytime we, anyone plays Mexico, that's the one thing they say: they attack. They they they're not going to sit back. But you're right. Maybe we don't have a full identity as to what that looks like because every four years, you know, 
There was La Volpismo. There was there was uh, Miguel or, or La Volpismo is Miguel Herrera still doing the La Volpismo, and all of a sudden now we're doing something different. And then there was um, the Hugo Sanchez era, and then there was uh, there was uh, the the Miguel Mejia Baron Tucaferretti style. And you're right, it does keep changing. It's always attacking, but it does change. It's not. I think that's where I think back to continuity is is would be huge. I think if we can hang on to Osorio, it'd be a really good thing for the team. Mm. So is that okay? Yeah. How do you do? You guys want to keep Osorio? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, I, as, opposed to, as opposed to Dan, like who? I mean, what what is a better option right now for Mexico? No. I, no. Yoko. No, no, no. Or, we need somebody. Or, to come, we need somebody who actually would be willing to put in the time to stick around for a couple of World Cups for like a full-on generation to be able to implement a program that he'll be able to like have some kids who are still in the under twenty ones that he can kind of groom to to come up through a system and then have them as the young players break them in with the current you know with the current generation of players that you have and then after that. Um, you know, you export them out to Europe to at least to try and get them to play in some of the bigger teams. Um, what you know, try to showcase somehow. And yes, it's like a full, at least a multi-generational process. What about Almeida? Someone who's willing to come for 12 years. What about hiring somebody that's willing to come in so I can sit down and admit to the Mexican people that Mexico is not a top-tier team, they're a mid-level team, and we're going to build a you know what? You're well, so and we stand. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you got a lot of shit for it. And we stand no chance. We stand no chance. We shouldn't <laughs> expect to win a World Cup, but we're going to develop programs. And then, like, and then that gives yeah, and then no. that really is pressure. Um, the coach, is that possible? Could that happen? Can the Mexican for, people handle that? If they just say, you know what? We fucking suck. Let us build the team. Here. Don't, well, it depends. It depends on who says it. I think it depends on who says it. We, I think if we, we get, like, Look, despite the fact that the United States is more or less bombed in the last few years, one of the best things that happened to them was Jurgen Klinsmann did come in and put in a great youth system. Like having somebody like that come in and say, look, I'm going to be a, around this system for a really long time. It kind of helped to, to nurture it for you know at least a decade or something like that. Um, that's what we need. Um, and it's hard to find a manager who'd be willing to come in and do like a full-on long-term project like that. Um, and it, again, like I think it's less important about um, like who it is at the moment, who some of the possible candidates well, that, could be. That's, that's what and we it's need more important. Like, just, we don't need. Yeah. We don't need like we don't need Piojo to come in and be like, all right, who's going to light a fire into their ass so they can get through this World Cup and win it? It's like who who would be the person they would bring? It would be it'd have to be a Mexican. And who would come in and someone young probably, and just like Does listen. It have I'm to here be a Mexican. I'm here. Osorio is not Mexican. Years. I mean, like I know, I know Osorio took yeah, a lot yeah, of heat for Osorio being Colombian, have, but Osorio didn't have ten years to rebuild the Mexican Federation. Do you know? Do you know that no no World Cup champion has ever won with a foreign manager? Yeah, I, I keep finding that to be a bit odd. But <laughs> this might be the this might be the when it changes this year. But I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So maybe Where is Roberto Martinez? Where's what? Roberto Martinez. Espanol. I think he's in Espanol. He's right? in Spanish. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing, uh, um, you know who who I really and then this this is thank you, uh, Profe, for sharing these videos with me. You know who sounds like he's probably cool as fuck is Guau. <laughs> yeah. 
that fool just keep my you know i hate to admit it because my father is like a devotee of Quao, and i always thought Quao was such a fucking like cheese ball like dork but I, I think he just knows how to play his, his role but i think he really he gets it he understands mm-hmm. somebody like Quao, i think would be i don't know what his what if you know i would also say someone like rafa marquez uh, someone who's been there in the trenches with them, but I don't. Just because you're in the trenches and you were, doesn't mean you can. That's true, but Guao is, and I think Guao also has something that even better than Piojo, Guao could give two shits what what the press thinks of him and what like he he would be able to handle that. But is Guao does Guao know what he's you know does he know how to manage it? Does he know is he is he a tactician? And does he want? To? I mean, he, probably I, not. He. he, he Dude, I wouldn't be shocked if deep down inside he's got his his sights set for the presidency. Oh, for sure. I think he he seems to like. Of course, he's he still follows the game, but he's he seems pretty detached. I, I was curious to see like what he would comment on the team throughout this World mm-hmm. Cup, and not really like he's he's committed to his campaign and to his politics, and um, he's he seems pretty tuned out. But when he t- when he speaks about the na- when he speaks of the national team, he speaks in a, a very positive. He, he he he's always kind of coming to the defense of them, and he he gives these incredible insights that I think that that only somebody who's been there would be able to to say or do, you know, rather than talk down at them or say, oh, these kids suck, oh, you know, these kids don't, you know, they don't they spend all their time on on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. And Quell's like, well, you know, that's just the way the world is now. You know, he he has a much more he has a very philosophical uh, uh, detached. I think you're right, Professor. Uh, kind of. I've I've been really enjoying hearing him talk. Yeah, same here, dude. And I didn't know you probably you maybe already knew this. This is something that was I, I always knew La Volpe was a hard ass, but yeah. I didn't realize. Well, in an interview, I heard him say how yeah, like he was like yeah you know. And of course, they had their beef. Like he wasn't invited to the that I forget which year it was. Um, mm-hmm. Germany, two thousand six. But dude. And he sounded pretty sincere. I, I believe it. He goes, yeah, you know, La Volpe, like, you know, the fact he's a skilled guy, but, um, you know, having the players write La Volpe es Dios over and over, like, in a journal every night, uh, he's like, yeah, that's that's kind of fucking weird. Um, mm-hmm. That's If that's true, that's really fucking weird. Mm-hmm. La Volpe is weird. And then, <laughs> and then Qual didn't go – apparently the reason that Qual didn't go to that World Cup was because um, – they were in some kind of like they were in some Stockholm uh, Stockholm syndrome situation with La Volpe and and that uh, that uh, Rafa Osvaldo and Pardo didn't want Guau on the squad and they basically came together to say we don't want Guau and that that's the reason why you know that 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 Guau didn't didn't make it to the, basically that he was he was kicked out by committee and because La Volpe didn't want him and because Guau had some serious beef with La Volpe. Dude, he he, may, he was maybe the only player who would stand up and go like, "Hey, why the fuck are we writing La Volpe is God over and over?" Like, am I the only one that realizes this is kind of weird? <laughs> La Volpe did play a really perfect game against Argentina, and we only lost because of that Maxi Rodriguez goal. But that was a beautiful game. Yeah, he did. He did. He did show sides characteristics of the national team that we hadn't seen before, which I always thank him for that. Yeah, man, that that arguably that is that's the best game, even even better than the Germany game 
I would say so. You too. can arguably say that Argentina game is the best game that that, that yeah. the Mexican team has ever played at the World Cup. Yeah. So so um, there's two things. One is, uh, I think the I think the one thing that separates us from from other mammals, or so I've 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 understood uh, through my meanderings in philosophy, is that we have a advanced an advanced capacity for counterfactual thinking and uh, our ability to relate to or express or think of something that has happened or, or something that was going to be the case, but it didn't have, you know, our ability to imagine different possible scenarios for, for the outcomes or the things that occur to us in our lives. And I think what really hurt about this, this Brazil loss is that, the the you know for the for the for the Nuera Penal game against Holland, the indignation against stupid Robin fucking diving and knowing that we 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 played that team toe to toe and in extra time very easily we we could have beat that fucking team you know, and then the year before that you know we 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 lost to Argentina when they beat us three one with that offside Carlos Tevez goal that he scored that if there had been video. You know, even though I, I fucking hate the stupid fucking let it be known that I'm completely 100% opposed to VAR, video assisted referee. Fuck that shit. It should go away, but it's not going to. But anyways, if we had, if, if Mexico loses that game because of a goal that, that Carlos Tevez scores on them, and then the way that I, in my counterfactual reality, I was like, well, we lost it because we lost our composure, and that goal should have never gone in. And if the refs had seen it, and then, and then the year before that, I think we lost to that was the Maxi Rodriguez game, et cetera. And I could keep going and going and going. There was always something that the gods didn't see that they 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 forced they 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 had forsaken us, and then we lost. And if only that had thing had happened. Um, my counterfactual moment for this World Cup is 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 going to return to to that goddamn Tony Cruz goal. Uh, that I think that that if that goal doesn't go in, we we'd be having a different conversation right now. And I know it's in a it's a it's a far 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 like I'm reaching here, but I I think in this fucked up counterfactual reality that I've been in for the last week, that's that's what I blame it on. And I don't know. I'm curious to hear your all your your your, your remarks. One more thing, Brazil beat us. <laughs> And there's nothing, and that's what hurts. Is is kind of, yeah, they beat us. There's like I can't. I wish I could say if only this, but they beat us. Don't. But we'll, I think we'll score one goal against them one day. We will. We will. Fuck those putos. Even yeah. if they, even if they had beaten Brazil, I mean, do you think Mexico could take Belgium? <laughs> I I've I've. Chosen to not confront that question. Like I've been avoiding that uh, this entire World Cup. Do, yeah. do you think they could take France? Well, I mean, I think. Well, in the I, natural progression of things, where you are good enough to compete with these teams, and you are like the like like a fucking Cinderella story, if they actually can hold their composure, like with the momentum of beating Germany. Being Korea, wait, then they would have beaten Sweden, and because they can't—I mean, they can—they can push it to penalty kicks. I'm not saying they could beat them, 
But we could but, but, but we also we know that that only that only takes you that only takes you so far in the World Cup. We know this. Like, but Russia was Russia was of... was penalty kicks away from moving to the semifinals. That team sucks. I'm sorry. It, they have yeah, they have that always but that always that always happens to at least one like one team that everybody underestimates. So why not uh, my personal favorite was when it was how, Ghana how, how, in the uh, in really the South is. Africa World Cup. Um, yeah, that always happens. So in the group stage, you have all these like really crazy upsets, and all these really small teams beat the really big teams, and then we get through the group stage, and, and everything ends up being a lot crazier than we expected, and then round of sixteen happens, and things start shaking out a little bit more like the usual. The big kids start showing up, and yes, maybe you know some of the usual <laughs> champions start getting knocked out, but. That always happens. By the time you get to the semifinals, all of the like, the you know teams that aren't used to operating at that really crazy high level and also have a really deep bench, they all fall away. Um, I mean, if you had said at the beginning of this entire thing, France, Belgium, England, Croatia, you would have thought, okay, Croatia's the scrappy underdog that actually makes it through. England, but they okay. have an amazing team. Croatia has an amazing team. They're fucking Luka and they're Modric. running out of gas. You think they're going to beat England? It's going to be an interesting game. Yeah. It is going to be an interesting game, and you're going to see Modric and Mandzukic like all running out of gas at about minute sixty. You could see it. Like they just did two like 120 minute matches plus penalty kicks. Like those guys are dying like they're on their last legs um england still looks like they got another gear uh i don't think they're going to be able to play against like france or belgium no regardless like mexico isn't anywhere near those levels not yet nowhere i'll I'll say this (laughs) The, the england england sold about thirty thousand tickets bought about thirty thousand tickets to this world cup um, Belgium and and France. Out of the rest of the teams, I'm I'm not sure, but uh, but the rest of those teams, the Mexico had a bigger fan base than all of those. Um, and 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 the Mexican numbers are are aren't fully accurate because it's not taken into account. Out of those eighty thousand that Americans that that were bought from the U.S. Those are like what pers- seventy thousand are Mexican, probably right? Like so. Yeah. Um, the, the Mario, your, your, your moment where everything changed with, with that Germany goal, mm-hmm. um, you know, we could also say, well, you know, the, uh, uh, just a significant of a moment was when Korea scored against Germany and sent us into, and allowed us to, <laughs> to advance. Um, and to me, one thing that's going to, there's going to be two things that stand out to me from this world cup. The first one is, of course, beating Germany and just that feeling afterwards, that feeling that's mm-hmm. just like you can never mm-hmm. – it's it, that euphoric feeling um, mm-hmm. that just can't be described that lasted for more than a day. Like the next day, we still woke up feeling that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's never – we'll never forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one – the other thing that stood out to me was after that Korea game and the way that Mexican fans, the fucking – the party that they threw in the fucking shenanigans, lifting every Korean that they saw. Mm-hmm. That to me, that going to the prime minister or to the ambassador's house. Yes, that's <laughs> who we fucking are. That that is what makes this team what it is. And and again, dude, the fan base is the star player of this team, and and we just gotta wait for these fools to fucking get up to our level. 
Um, it was I, a fun, I, it was it was yeah. a fun World Cup up up to that point. That was you know and th- those things. I'm I'm grateful for for having experienced that. Rafa, like I've said on previous episodes, I hate losing. I hate losing, and I'm pissed. And I I I, ha- I have not watched a single game since since uh, since Mexico lost. And up until Mexico lost, I was watching every single game. So I hate losing, man. And I just and I hate it. And I hate. Uh, then everyone's like, oh, I told you so. Like, oh, no shit, man. But, you know, you're right, Dan. We can't compete with those teams. We stand no chance. But, you know. Yet. You can only hope. You can only hope. What if, what if, what if Russia would have beat somebody? And, like, what if Russia would have, what if, like, anything could have happened? What if France and Belgium would have been knocked out in the round of 16 and all of a sudden it's a a shitty field, and who cares if it's a shitty field when we win the World Cup? Like what? Like we could we we win the World Cup? Doesn't matter. Like we. So I I I, I my I'm trying to cope with the loss, and it's just uh, I don't know. Uh, we I've never had a winning team. So just like it, it just sucks, and I hate it, and the best, and Chavez, Chavez. Well, until until that one guy came and, and pooped on the party. Fucker, fucking idiot. But Rafe, you, listen to what I'm saying, though, dude. We didn't lose. Those eleven guys fucking we lost. Didn't. We won. We won yeah. the World Cup. Yeah. Yep. 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 They should add that to the prizes. (laughs) Yeah. Reigning world champs. I just want to say that this is a perfect perfect example of why we're never going to win the world. (laughs) 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 They're like, hey, listen to these guys. They're totally satisfied with just being the best fans. Okay, so uh, have you have y'all ever watched the uh, Eric Eric Cantona, the commissioner, YouTube videos? Yes. Okay, so he did one not too long ago. He's like, oh, so the uh, the Mexican players they decided to uh, throw an RG before the first football match. Well, you know, uh, that's not the way I would do it, but uh, whatever works. So <laughs> maybe now we start doing this in our pregame warm up, and I was like. Yeah, that's exactly how we would do it. Like, all right, we got a match tomorrow. Let's throw an orgy. I mean, that's that's how we roll. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're just here for the party, man. Like, we Mexico's satisfied just being there and like being yeah. a part of it, and eh, that's cool. Yeah, that, like imaginamos cosas chingonas. Nah, because that would take effort. We'd really have to work at it to, to to actually go somewhere. And and part of the reason the World Cup is so great, like we all love watching it. It's so deep and it's so difficult to actually go the entire seven matches in a month like that the whole world loves to watch to see who's going to make it this time around Dan we're talking about counterfactual right now these are all facts just saying man (laughs) like (laughs) we get it (laughs) yeah Dan you gotta go you gotta go work for ESPN Deportes man (laughs) (laughs) All right, come on, you guys. 
I get I get that we're there for the party, and it's awesome. And if we had party points, if we had like you got a prize for the biggest party, then sign us up. But I don't know. As long well, as, it felt really good, man. After we beat Jeremy and walking through the streets of Pacific Grove, uh, if anyone's familiar, it was the last dry town in California. They they were it's conservative. It's weird, weird little town. But people were like, like, hey, good job, Mexico. It's just like high-fiving you. And it's like, this is, it was a great feeling. And then, and then watching Mexico not be able to connect the pass against Brazil and Brazil just being good and fast and fucking stronger and better than us. It's like, guys, son of a bitch. <laughs> it's just like, like, I just was trying to channel that everybody high-fiving me after Germany and then. It just didn't work. It was just it, I was pissed. I, I was I watched I watched the game in a family restaurant and I was like, it's fucking this and fucking that and like, this I didn't care. Like I, and and for me it goes a little deeper than that because I don't know if you you got in surf culture there's this thing going on with Brazilians. Well, Brazilians are just the most hated people on planet Earth. They 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 call them the new Howie. So like. Back in the day when the white people would go surfing in Hawaii and get beat up, their windows smashed. But now it's public enemy number one in Brazilians. And, like, right now there's a really good the – two, three of the top surfers in the world are Brazilian. And they're really showboaty, really, like, fucking – nobody likes them. They shake their and, butts. Uh, and, I, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I had just got done watching this guy. And what they do is – and this is the way the reason people don't like them is because they're flashy and they do like all these aerials and like guys say it should be power surfing it's a whole little power surfing versus new new style aerial surfing and uh, and I just watched this guy win a competition on just doing aerial tricks and I was like man fuck that Brazilian and then we lost to Brazil and I was just like I just I was not happy with Brazilians then we're I think I am a little over it now but God damn it, dude! Why the Brazilians? Are you Why trying? You... Are you trying to tell me that you were also enjoying uh, watching Neymar go home? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I no, admit I, it. I admit it. I haven't watched. No, no, no. Because I, I, I literally, I, I lost touch with the World Cup, and then the Croatia won. I'm like, fuck. Then oh, if if Croatia wins, then Wait, we're going to. Croatia by the way. To watch the World so every single time that you watch the World Cup, you basically know that you're going to end up missing out on the entire better second half of it because we yeah. always do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Come on, you, just, you know it's going to happen, so just enjoy it. Like I, I watch pick it a team all. That like, actually like, plays football that you like. I would never do that. It takes me to, uh, to the semis to get over it because then the semi, like you said, the big boys are in the semis, and then Croatia's really good, and now I'm really hoping Croatia pulls it off. You know. Because, uh, mm. because, like you said, the big Dan. Let me tell you why. Because <laughs> the big boys are in the dance, and and why not? Why not have Croatia? If if Greece can win the fucking Euro Cup, why can't Croatia win the fucking World Wait, Cup? Wait, so why why don't why would you not want Belgium to win? Because they're child molesters. Child molesters. They've never won the World Cup. They've never won a World Cup. But they're child molesters. They need to fucking chill with their with their blackface stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, that 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 was pretty rough. But whatever. Uh, no. What? Wait, wait. Okay. Can we just? Can I, a really quick question? Are are you guys? 
am I the only one that, that thinks the the Japanese cleaning up the locker room thing is complete bullshit and like 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 come on like like oh cleaning the stadium they clean the stadium nice. and the locker room nice dude Japan was a cool team incredible mm-hmm. I really shit this we're talking about we've been talking about the green team this whole time that's another team that they're probably they're regrouping right now figuring out they probably have a very very methodical plan for how they're going to win 2026 yep 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 and they'll probably do it before us without any players in the european league that they'll just win on just fucking just fewer sheer organization and methodology yeah and honor and honor so let me tell you my the defining moment in my World Cup. Uh, I woke up to watch the Costa Rica game at 5 a.m. I went down to the Bluefoot. I was meeting a friend who's Serbian, and I wanted to watch the which, game with him. What's up? Uh, Sir, the uh, first, say, the which, first, which Costa Rica? Costa Rica versus Serbia, the, their first yeah, match, yeah. which was the, the, the match that, that happened before the Mexico game. And um, so I went... And watched and rode my bike there. Um, by 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 halftime, I was I was drunk because I I drank way too many three ninety four IPAs, and I was you know celebrating with my friend and and you know rooting rooting for Serbia, um, enjoying the the atmosphere, the environment, and then as as the as the as the the bar started to fill up, the the whole other side of the Bluefoot, where the DJ usually is at was completely taken over by Mexican fans, like completely taken over. And no Mexican sides were on the other side. On the other side are all a bunch of white shirts. A lot of Germany fans started showing up, which I, I was like, I didn't even know there were that many fucking Germans in San Diego, but apparently there are Germans here, or, or there were just Team USA fans with their fucking Germany shirts. They did look pretty crisp and new. But, um, but... I, I felt like a sense of anticipation and I had a feeling that, that today's gonna be a good day, just even before even before the match started. And I finished my, my pints, I, I walk away, I, I hop on my bike. It's still pretty early, you know? It's still not 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 eight yet. And I, I'm feeling pretty good and, and I've got my shirt on and 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 I start riding my bike and I look over to my left on thirtieth street, I see a ginormous Mexican flag just moving in my direction. And it was a guy on a bird scooter, like those electric rent-by-the-minute scooters, with a huge flag just like just coming in my direction. And I, it, I kind of froze, and I, I was just like the most beautiful thing I'd seen. At 6.30 or 7 in the morning, there's this man with a giant flag, and people are kind of like coming out to see what 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 was happening, and they all start going, "Yeah, Mexico, yeah, Mexico." And I could hear these like cheers of Mexico. I grab them, and I, I was just moved by that. And I was like, "We're gonna fucking win this game." I hop on my bike, I start cruising down Switzer Canyon through South Park. I think I'm not lying. At least thirty cars honked at me or waved at me and said, "Go Mexico!" Okay, I. You know how uh, uh, what was the guy who did the Albert Hoffman, the the father of psychedelic uh, medicine, took he took LSD and he wrote he rode his bike, um, he, you know, and, and you know it's like a, it's 
called like bike dates and international april 19th he dropped acid for the first time and he went on a bike ride that's how i felt on this fucking bike ride that that has yet to end even though i was crushed by the defeat of of um of of losing to brazil i still feel like something special happened in this world cup with the mexican national team and i think in 2026 we're going to be champions and not because of just my gut but because i'm telling you I can feel it. The Tony Cruz thing eliminated us, but it was because good things are 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 to come. Two more things I want to say. Um, thank you, Tony Cruz, for for that goal. That that's the defining moment of the Mexican national team. And you guys can laugh at me now, but we'll talk about it in 2026. Number two, um, I want to send a shout out to the USA fans that had to stay home this year. Um, you know, I was mistaken. I want to apologize to the USA fans, and, and let me tell you why. Um, I sat in many different bars. I watched games with Colombians, Argentines, Uruguayans, uh, Uruguayos, uh, Costarricenses. Um, I'm trying to think who else I saw uh, games with. But anyways, I grandstanded with different fans, and the one thing I kept saying that I thought was really beautiful is that the age range the ages range from baby to grandma and they were all hardcore loving and rooting for their team i have never seen that in a grandstand and in a usa a national team grandstand and then i realized for the first time and i want to apologize that um they these fools just started grandstanding so they can't have old guys cuz they've only been around for like like how many years have the U- team USA been around for four or five this, how many yeah, years this is the first yeah. generation of yeah. of team USA grandstanders yeah so i i i i hope i hope that when i'm an old man that i i can walk into your grandstand and see the old timers rooting and see i want to see from grandma to baby um and that's that's probably why. So I'll, I'll be less harsh on y'all. But if in if when I'm an old man, I don't see babies in the stands. I don't see grandma to baby. I'm gonna I'm gonna still keep talking shit about your pathetic grandstand. And the last thing I'm gonna say is Rafa, to answer your question about why um, the passing and and aim it and 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 cross it and put it in the box. You know, I've, I've, you've heard me tell the story, and I'm gonna tell it again. I'm telling you, it's in our DNA that we don't want to score and shoot the ball. Because we're afraid of the of, of winning the game, because winning the game in in, in the Aztec tradition meant sacrifice. So we're we're genetically programmed <laughs> to miss to err, because the winning team in the Aztecs uh, uh, pelota game would get sacrificed. So I think we've just been programmed that way. Um, but I do see, I do see a, a, a Chucky Lozano, uh, who's not afraid of fucking putting it in there. He's willing to make the ultimate sacrifice. And I think um, there's a lot of players behind him that have that same mentality. So that's all I got to say about that. So that's why we didn't start Tecatito? Yes. Yes. Tecatito doesn't pass the ball when he needs to. Mm-hmm. But he's, he he's, already... he's not afraid to take that shot. Yep. Yep. But anyways, that's all. We've been talking for like five hours. This is beautiful. So before we, we get off of this, everyone, uh, what's... What's your your who's winning the World Cup? <coughs> Croatia. Belgium's <laughs> uh, gonna win this World Cup, I believe. Uh, Deschamps gonna get fired from the French team. Zidane's gonna take over, and then we're due for six years of French dominance. I leave it at that. 
Um, France is going to win, and then they're going to be in our group in in Qatar, and we're going to beat them. Oh, nice. In yeah. the group stage. Oh. In the group stage. And we'll have the same conversation. <laughs> and, then, and then we'll be out, we'll be out of the, in the round of 16 again. Except we'll be having this conversation around Christmas time and not in the middle of summer. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I th- yeah. I think France. Yeah. I think France oh. is is winning this one. But I pr- I think we keep skipping over 2022 because um I think it's pretty out Qatar is probably going to win 2022. <laughs> uh, cuz no one cares about this next World Cup and then uh yep. but for the real one 2026 that's going to be epic. But by, by the way, can I just say y'all seriously need to spend the World Cup out of the United States. Um it doesn't sound like y'all had that great of a time during this one. Uh, I, this has been such a like high intensity World Cup on, on this end of the pond. And I don't. <laughs> did, you, did you buy? Did you buy a round the world ticket going right around the World Cup to watch the World Cup in different countries? Uh, no, it just it just so happened that work's got me doing a lot of traveling at the moment. So that's it just happened okay. to be going around. But even here in Geneva, it's just been. Balls to the wall the entire time. Um, I mean, well, the home team here didn't for, make it. it home team here didn't make it. No surprise. Surprise. Uh, it's not like the it's not like the Yanks ever got the terribly worked up about the World Cup anyway. But uh, I mean, they cared. But pero en Tijuana no me puedes decir que you know. Yeah, like, they burnt a fucking German flag. I mean, ouch. Yeah, that was stupid. Well, anyway, so, all right. So then, so what you're so in 2026, we'll watch it in Canada. <laughs> Why don't we watch it in Mexico? I mean, that's the one they're going to win, right? <laughs> well, that's yeah, the one okay, they're going to so win. Is it? Are we making the pact here for for the yes. inaugural game? Yes, because we're going to win that World Cup 2026, yeah. and we're going to Azteca for the inaugural game, and um, that, that's just it. We're going to win that motherfucker. Chucky will still be around, and there'll be a bunch of other. There'll be a bunch of fucking Chuckies behind them. Dude, he's gonna have a mohawk by then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right, lads, I gotta run. All right. Thank you so much for uh, for having me on again. Um, it's always a pleasure. Rafa, excellent talking to you, my friend. Nice talking to you. It's good time. Good to hear you. Your voice. <laughs> sorry, sorry to bombard you with so many facts. Yeah, one time. Thanks. It's good to have a, a voice of reason. Yes, yes, I agree. All right, lads. All right. Thanks again. Take care. care. Okay, that's all. Get to work, cabrones.
Imaginémonos cosas chingonas, carajo, imaginémonos, échele. ¿Por qué no? ¿Por qué no?